You're listening to a podcast from Northeast Christian Church. For more information about Northeast, go to ncclex.org. Thanks for listening. When a child was born in the 1800s or even before that, they were always surrounding this inexperienced mother with the assistance of relatives and neighbors and friends who would hover around her to offer their advice and support. Very few of these mothers, grandmothers, aunts, or neighbors had ever read a book on child-rearing, but that wasn't a handicap to their skills. They possessed a certain folk wisdom, if you will, which gave them confidence in handling babies and rearing children. And they had a solution for every situation that a young mother might face. Thus, a young woman was systematically taught how to be a mother by all these older women who had tons and tons of years of experience in caring for children. Now, with the disappearance, though, of the extended family, the job of parenting has become much more frightening to new parents. Many young couples today don't have access to supportive relatives and close friends. We live in this mobile society where our next-door neighbors oftentimes are total strangers. And furthermore, our mothers and our fathers, they oftentimes live halfway across the country and they aren't available readily to help us. Consequently, young parents often experience great anxiety over their lack of preparation for raising children. I can remember being in Good Sam Hospital about 30 years ago, almost to be 30 this July, and Anne was sitting in a wheelchair and they had just handed our firstborn daughter, Bailey, to Anne, and Anne looked at me, terror in her eyes, and said, and I quote, I can't believe they're letting us take her home. (laughs) We have no idea what we're doing. And to complicate matters, Bailey was uh, about two, two and a half weeks late. And so it threw off all of the mother's planning schedule to be here. And our families all live out in Iowa, as most of you know. And so that first week, it was just Ann and I and the baby. And it was, uh, it was a challenge. I woke up one night, and Ann was standing there over me. The baby was crying, and she said, you need to take her. And I said, okay. I said, what's going on? She said, well, I thought about putting her in the closet and just closing the door. (laughs) She won't stop crying. And so I took the baby, and we went and hid all the sharp objects in the house. And uh, it's tough. Our parents lived so far away, and it took them about a week before my mom was able to come. And then right on the heels of that, Ann's mom came. And then after that, I mean, it was hit and miss. It was us, just her and I. And you get it. It's tough when it's just you and there's no other support. Few of us shrink back from the responsibilities of parenting. But many of us are not sure that we have all that it takes to be what we would classify as a good parent. Especially in the Instagram and Facebook phase of our culture where everybody's putting their highlight reel out there, and we see it and we go, man, I'm not, I'm not a good parent like that. When it comes, and on top of all that, when it comes to raising our kids spiritually, most of us feel totally inadequate. The writer of Psalm 78 gave instructions for parents on how to spiritually equip our children. 
And I want us to look at that. Psalm 78, starting with verse 1 and following, it says, My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things from of old. Things we have heard and known. Things our ancestors have told us. In these beginning verses of this psalm, the psalmist says, basically, listen up. I'm going to tell you about things we've learned in the past. Things we have known have happened, they actually happen. And things that we believe and understand to be true. Here is the guidance you need in order to know the right path of this life. These are the things our parents taught us, our grandparents taught us, even some of us, our great-grandparents taught us. So listen closely, because these words are important. That's what he's saying. The act of telling the next generation about God is a continuation of a tradition that has been passing along things that they, we've heard from our forefathers for thousands and thousands of years. So the psalmist explains these key insights that we should be passing along to our children. Listen to what Psalm 78 verse 4 says. He says, We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power, and the wonders He has done. He starts off, he gives us this list, but before he does it, he kind of qualifies it. He says, we will not hide them from their descendants. What's he talking about? What are the things that they aren't going to hide from us? These are the things we've been taught about God from our parents and our grandparents. But there's something he says, we're going to tell you the whole story. We're not going to hold anything back. What is that that he's, hold, he's talking about? We have this, this tendency or this propensity to want to not tell you this. Well, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. In verses, in, in uh, seven times, excuse me, in the book of Judges, we read this phrase. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Not our best day. We were doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. And yet seven times we read that phrase, and each time is an example of how the children of God were going astray. And then how God was restoring them back into relationship. They didn't hide their failures. They didn't hide the embarrassing stuff. But they told the next generation all of these things, as well as the good, in order to be able to pass along the entire truth of God. I don't know about you, but I know for me some of the best lessons I've learned have been when I made a mistake or I did something wrong. It's as if it leaves a a little bit stronger mark in your character. So when teaching your children the truth, teach them both the results of living the truth and the consequences of not living the truth. Then the psalmist gives us this list that we need to tell the next generation. And these are broad strokes. He says, first of all, tell them about the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. Now there are hundreds of stories in Scripture that are praiseworthy. But one of my favorites is the story about David. He was just a shepherd. And he went and killed the giant Philistine warrior Goliath with just a single stone from his sling. Many saw him as a huge underdog. 
Now, not as huge of an underdog as the Philadelphia Eagles were last Sunday, I might mention. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you. (laughs) You're probably going to pay for that. That was sin right there, okay? Thank you. Those of you that don't know, I don't have time. Sorry. But here's the deal. David was considered a huge underdog until you realize that God was with him. Goliath never had a chance. This victory was one of, one of those things that God did that was praiseworthy. And we're still celebrating the victory today. The second thing that the psalmist tells us that we need to tell the next generation is tell them about God's power. Tell them about his power. I love the story of Gideon. Gideon was the most unlikely leader of a, of a military charge that there was. I mean, he, was, he had no confidence. He was completely lacking in courage. But God called him and he followed. And then God prunes down his army to 300 soldiers. And then he says, what I want you to do is go surround this massive Midianite army. And I want you to take with you a trumpet and a torch inside of a clay pot. Not exactly tools of war. And they said, on Gideon's command, I want you to break the clay pots and blow the trumpets. And when he did, when they did that, the Midianite army became so confused by God's power that they began actually attacking and killing each other. And God gave this huge victory, this massive army to 300 Israelite soldiers that day armed with trumpets and torches. This showed God's mighty power, worthy of our praise and recognition. Well, the third thing the psalmist tells us that we need to tell the next generation, tell them about the wonders God has done. Tell them about all the things, that amazing, miraculous things that God has done. And probably the greatest in the Old Testament was that moment when the Egyptian army was charging towards the Israelites. The Egyptians were the greatest fighting force in the world at that time. And the Israelites, they had been in slavery for hundreds of years. And prior to that, they were nomads who were shepherds of sheep and goats. They were no match for the Egyptians. And there they were. They stood on the shores of the Red Sea. Many of them heard the thunder of the Egyptian chariots And they surely anticipated being annihilated that day. But then God parted the waters of the Red Sea. It says they walked through on dry land. Miraculously, they were able to pass through to safety. This is one of those moments where God does something awesome. You can't describe it. Many of us would doubt it even was a reality. But the truth is, Scripture tells us this is what happened. And the writer of the psalm says, you should tell the next generation stories like that. Here's a key point. It's not just for your kids, but it's for you as well. Retell what you've learned so we don't forget. Retell what you've learned so we don't forget. We need to remember these truths so that we can pass them on to the generations that will follow after us. Psalms 78, verses 5 and 6, he continues. He says, He decreed statutes. 
for Jacob and established the law in Israel. He's talking about God here. Which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children. God gave the Old Testament law to the people of God. And then he commanded our ancestors to teach their children these laws. And Moses made this crystal clear in Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7. Listen to what he writes. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Here's a key point to every parent in this room. As a parent, it's your responsibility to teach your children to know the truths of God. It's yours, your responsibility. And we're here as a church to partner with you, to support you in every way we can. And there are tons and tons of teaching tools and resources that can help. Let me give you, suggest two very, very important things. First of all, you need to have a children's Bible in your home. If you, don't, if you have little kids, you need to have a children's Bible. If you have a husband that doesn't go to church, you need to have a children's Bible. I mean, you need to, this is an easy way to read the Bible. And your kids need it. Our, our team across the hall suggests you get the NIV children's Bible. That's the one they, they recommend, but there are a lot of really good ones out there. The second thing is this. You should download the Version children's Bible app, okay? It's called the Bible app for kids by Version. Get that. Have it. There's a lot of animation, a lot of, there's so many tools on there. It's really, really useful. Every parent, if your kid has screen time, you should have this app so that they can utilize uh, access to the Bible. You can get lots of help. There's tons of support. There's tons of resources. But the reality is you will be the first line of defense when it comes to discipling your children. You can't abdicate that role. You can't, you can't pass that off to someone else. As a parent, it's your role. And your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and the generations to come are all counting on you to teach your kids the truth about God. You see, they need it. And we need to make sure that we get it clear to them. That they understand it and they're getting the truth. Not just some modern philosophies, but they're getting the truth that comes from God's word. Some of you might remember the game that we used to play a long time ago. It's called Telephone. This was before we had actual smartphones. But we would play this, this thing. We'd line up in a line and you would whisper a statement into the person's ear next to you. And then they would turn and whisper it. And what was fun was see how much of the, uh, the, uh, the actual original statement would get kind of twisted and morphed. We were playing it one time, and it was, we were having a lot of fun in an elementary class. The teacher apparently wasn't all that prepared. I don't know why we were doing it. But it was great fun, way better than doing math that day. And she's, we were doing it, and it was probably about the fourth time that we sent a message down the line. And it got to the end, and you know what the message was? Blah, blah, blah. Apparently somebody somewhere in the middle decided this is stupid. I don't want to do this anymore. So they just passed on blah, 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 and basically ended the game. Why is this important? It's because somewhere along the way, something is going to get difficult. And you're going to want to say, is this really worth it? And I'm just here to plant the seed to say, yes, it is. 
Don't throw your hands up and just say, all this stuff about God is just blah, blah, blah. We need to be clearly teaching our kids the truth about him, and we need to make sure that they understand this truth. Verse 7 of our text. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. The psalmist is saying, if you teach your children the truth about God, verse 7 gives you the results that you can expect. Let me give them to you very quickly. The first one is, they will put their trust in God. When they learn of God's love and his power and his forgiveness for them, it's likely that they will put their faith in the Lord. And that is a sweet moment for you as parents. And then secondly, the psalmist says they won't forget God's deeds. Not only will they trust God, but they're not going to forget what he's done. When they learn who God is and what he's done for them, they'll never forget it. And then thirdly, he says they will keep God's commands. The result of trusting God and remembering all that God did for them will inspire them to live out God's plan for their lives. They will keep his commands. But if we don't teach our kids the truth about God, the psalmist gives us a glimpse of what that looks like. This is the alternative. He says in verse 8, he says, They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God whose spirits were not faithful to him. He writes that we need to pass along the truth of God or our kids may turn out like these sinful ancestors of ours. You know that crazy, weird uncle that nobody talks about because he went to prison or he did unsorted things? Don't be like that guy. He didn't walk with God. Don't be like those ancestors. And then he gives kind of a a glimpse of who they are. He says they're stubborn, They were pushing, they were always pushing against God's ways. They were rebellious. They were always rebellious towards God's holiness. Their hearts were not loyal to God, he says. They were loyal to someone or something, but they weren't loyal to God. And then he says they were not faithful to God. These are people who weren't following after him. They had instead chosen a different path, a way that rejected God's statutes. His promises. Why is all this so important? I'll tell you why. Because the devil wants to take your kids out. He wants to take your kids down. Even before they get a chance to put their faith in Jesus, he wants to discredit them or he wants to pull them off of you. He wants to convince you that it's not all that important so you don't make the investment so that down the road your kids just do whatever they choose to do in this world. God wants you to give them a foundation of faith. The enemy is going to do everything he can to disqualify them, to take them out. I hope you'll be at that no-filter seminar. If you have a kid, if you have a kid who has access to a screen or a laptop or a desktop or a phone, I hope you'll be in that seminar next Sunday during this hour because that is one of the areas that is polluting our kids' minds, and we need to be wise about it as parents. I'm not saying you do away with screens and all that. I'm not saying we do away with technology and all the social media platforms great tools, but just be smart and wise to them. Because the only line of defense that your kid has, that the outcome of their life doesn't end up like these 
sordid ancestors the psalmist is talking about. The only line of defense is you. You're the one who's ultimately responsible for teaching them while they're young the truth about Jesus and how to live that truth out. I am so grateful to my parents for passing on to me God's truth. Now, I would tell you this. A lot of guys in ministry had superstar parents. You know, dad was a minister or mom was a missionary or whatever. That was not my parents at all. My parents were normal people. They loved Jesus, but they were not perfect. And yet, I'll tell you, they made sure that my sisters and my brother and I went to church every weekend. They wanted to give us every opportunity to know Jesus. They made it possible so that we could go to events like retreats and lock-ins and church camp and CIY conferences. And I'm pretty sure that my parents made numerous sacrifices so that us kids could do those things. And the results? Well, the result was I learned a lot from the Bible. And over time, some of those truths began to sink in. And they started to be my beliefs. You see, my parents never forced me to think a certain way or believe certain things. But they did give me multiple opportunities to learn God's truth and to ask questions. And I became so passionate about that that I decided I wanted to be a person who helped people get that. I love the idea that when someone was taught and a light went off above their head where they got it, there was something magical to me about that. Something very, very inspiring. So in the summer of 1980, I made a decision to continue my journey to learning about God's truths by attending Cincinnati Bible College. My parents weren't rock stars of the faith. They were just people who were committed to us four kids knowing Jesus. Every parent has a responsibility to teach their children by giving them opportunities to learn about Jesus. But it first starts with you as parents. Teach them the truth. Pray for them to know the truth. And then give them a life that they can look at that models how to live that truth. And then Proverbs 22, 6, I close with this. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much for our kids. Whether our children are those little ones that we saw here on the front row or our kids are in their 50s and maybe even older or somewhere in between, God, we thank you for our kids. For those that walk with you and those that aren't walking with you, God, we pray for your purposes to be true in their lives. I pray for those that have strayed from you, that you would bring them back. And God, I pray that you will help us to teach our kids the truths about you. The truths that we read in the Bible. Tell them, help us, God, to tell them all that you have done that is praiseworthy. Help us, God, to teach them all about your power. Lord, help us to teach them about the wonders that you've done, those miraculous things that set you apart from every other being that's ever existed. Lord, I pray that you will use this church to encourage and support every parent to be a discipler of their children. And God, will you help us so that every one of our kids will know Jesus and grow to be a fully devoted follower of his. God, we thank you. 
We thank you for the promises that you've given to us. Help us to pass them on to the next generation. God, help us not to take our responsibility as parents for granted. Our kids are counting on it. Our grandkids and our great-grandkids, they're counting on us telling our kids the truth. So help us, God. Equip us, even when we feel inadequate, insufficient, unprepared. Help us to be the best parents our kids need us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, some of you may be in here thinking, wow, this is about little kids, and I don't even have kids, and maybe you're even thinking it's a bit of a wasted Sunday. You could have slept in, besides it was raining out. You made an extra effort to be here. Jesus said this about little kids. He said that they will lead them. Maybe the message you needed to hear today was one that not only are our kids important, but every person who walks the face of this earth is important. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I don't want just your kids to know that. I want you to know that. We're going to sing a song, a worship the Lord. I'm going to be available down here. If you want to talk more about what it means to follow Jesus or just want somebody to pray with you, I had a few parents come this morning at the end of the second service saying, hey, could you just pray? <laughs> I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm measuring up. Whatever the case is, if you have a need, will you come? Let's stand and worship him together.